Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. I thought, actually, I'd be very organised before my run and make a little list of mistakes I've made in training, obviously, for today's chat. And I got to 127. So if you beat that, I'd be very, <laughs> very impressed. Could be a long life. I was going to say, as soon as you said a little list, I was thinking, oh, wow, what about my pages and pages? <laughs> oh, there's a song, isn't there? It says, like, mistakes I've made a few. I keep wanting to break into it, but A, I can't <laughs> sing, and B, I can't remember the words. So I'm going to uh, avoid doing that. The mistake I've made is putting a big jumper on. <laughs> so, come on, Jake. What's the biggest mistake you've Shall ever made in training? J- I, I, quite seriously, there are so many mistakes. Some are going to be pretty obvious. I'm sure we've all made common mistakes, such as, you know, not doing our easy runs easy enough and all that sort of stuff. But I'm going to throw one at you that is a something that's really important to me and something I've I've tried to work on over the years and I don't I still get it wrong on occasions but that is not respecting the long run now I'll explain exactly what I mean by that and why that's been a mistake that I've made over the years I think when you first start out running for me certainly and and you're building up that distance at the weekend if you're targeting kind of endurance events and stuff at some point you target a distance as a long run that kind of has a it's a bit of a fear for you especially if you're fairly new to the whole distance running thing maybe you've never ran 10 miles before or 11 miles or 12 miles but as you get further into your training and you build more ability and therefore confidence i think it's really easy for complacency to kick in and when there was a time where for example 60 miles would you know scare the crap out of me and i'd be really thinking about it the day before and preparing and sleeping well and getting my kit ready at some point 60 miles became only 60 miles as you put more or as I got more marathon training on them about more marathon races on them about and I think that's a real mistake because then it can catch you out because you think oh I'll be okay tomorrow it'll be fine I don't mind going out and having a few drinks with my friends on the Friday night if I'm running on the Saturday morning or oh I can I can eat break, breakfast a little bit later on the Saturday morning it'll be fine and it, it, it comes back to bite me and I remember there's been so many times where I've said to myself look you've got to respect the long run because if you are doing a classic long run, i.e. it's just an easy pace. So we're not talking about putting any juicy stuff in this, just a normal long run. The effort is easy, but obviously it's the fact that you're running for so long where the, the fatigue will kick in. That's where the skill is. That's where the, 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 the stress comes from. And I think respecting that's really, really important and not getting that, you know, you can apply complacency to any area of training, but I think particularly the long run, it's really important for me personally, uh, to just respect it and treat it with a certain degree of importance so you have a better experience ultimately so that's definitely I'm, a mistake i've made i'm laughing to myself because i'm pretty sure last week we talked about fueling the long run oh no it was the week before wasn't it and i did exactly what you just said you know the next day i was driving all, all kinds of reasons why i ate too late ran over lunchtime blah 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 thought I'm only doing 14 miles, only doing 14 miles, it, it won't matter. And yeah, I got to 10 and just thought, oh God. And there was no other way home. <laughs> it was like, okay, you know that, have you ever had that um, dilemma where you think, I really can't run anymore, 
but I'd like to get home. And the quickest way to get home is keep running. But I really can't. And you just go around that awful circle thinking, what a terrible mistake. <laughs> but that's, that's actually a really interesting point to make because obviously when you're running for distance, if you run quicker, it's over quicker. So you're, if you're in a situation where you, you don't really want to be there anymore or you're under-fueled, let's say, because perhaps you didn't respect the long run, oh, if I just step on the gas a bit, I'll get this over with. But maybe you're missing the purpose of the session. So I think it definitely has negative or can have negative repercussions as well as just not feeling great during the run. I mean, you must have experienced this, Joe. I'm sure so many runners have. I certainly have where talking about not respecting the long run, the food that you have the night before is probably not the best food for you. And you're running and you're feeling bloated, you're feeling uncomfortable. It's just not a nice feeling. You know, you, you, the chance of you avoiding any single one of those miles is, is, is pretty minimal. So I think having some respect for it is important. So at this point, I have to completely destroy my serious runner credentials <laughs> by sitting for a long period of time. So I dropped out of, of uh, running during university and then kind of got back into it when I went back to do a postgrad. But for a long time, did think the only purpose of a long run was to get over a hangover. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I realised that actually long runs are so much more pleasant when you are not <laughs> starting in that terrible, slightly, um, yes... Anyway, let's move on. Gloss, gloss over that. Move on. Gloss over. Come um, on. I think. I think. Share one of your mistakes, then, Joe. You go next. So I was thinking back. The rushing sessions, or even rushing runs, sometimes I think is is an easy mistake to make, and one I know certainly the worst injury I ever had was from rushing a run. I had. Oh, I was in the middle of marathon training. I'd got a little bit caught up in the whole, it was on the plan and the mileage, weekly total, you know, and I didn't, if I didn't do this run, it was only a four mile easy run. That's all it was. It would have been, it would have not mattered in the slightest if I've missed it, which is why it was such a big mistake. And I had gone out, I, I was, uh, the job I was doing at the time, there was a lot of traveling with it and there were, you know, traffic jams and things. So I got back slightly late and I had to pick my daughter up from the child minor. So I only had 30 minutes to do this run. Literally, that was, you know, I had to be there at the child minor's. And I could have texted the child minder and said, do you mind if I'm 15 minutes late? And she wouldn't have minded. I could have just not done the run because I'd sat in the car for about three hours. I mean, you can see where this is all going, can't you? You know, the hindsight. Um, and I was a bit tired anyway, because it was an easy run, because it was a day after a hard or long session. I can't quite remember what I'd done before. But, you know, all of these reasons why it would have been so sensible to just miss this run. But I'd got kind of, like I say, fixated on the, if I don't do this run, then the mileage will be down, da 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 went out. And what's the most galling about the whole thing is I was about, you know, like I say, I thought, right, I'll do 15 minutes out, 15 minutes back. And I was about five minutes away from home. And I actually literally at that point had gone through my head thinking, oh, actually, do you know, I, I actually feel all right now. Because, you know, I hobbled along, been all stiff and all the rest of it. It's like, oh, I actually feel all right. And then I just went over on my ankle, jammed my other leg down to stop myself falling and ended up giving myself a really serious I mean, we think it might have been a, a mild kind of, you know, a stress fracture or stress reaction in the pelvis. Really serious injury, kept me out for three months, unable to run a step. And I just look back and think, I knew I was rushing it. You know, so many times when you're tired, like I said, sat in the car for too long, had no time to kind of loosen up or anything like that before the run. I was squashing it in because I had to get it done in this short period of time and I didn't need to do it. And I rushed it. 
kind of paid the price. And I know most of the time you get away with that, but it really was a kind of, oh, just a, you know, <laughs> I can't even put it into words. I'm so frustrated with myself even now about it and think, you idiot, why, you know, why did you do it? Um, and I think we've all done the same thing. You just rush things, don't quite do them properly. And therefore, like I say, 90% of the time you'll get away with it. But the one time when you don't, you might <clears> find yourself then out for quite a long while. So rushing things I think my, we're all my biggest mistake. <laughs> we're all time poor, aren't we? And sometimes yeah. we don't manage time very well. I don't know if that's the right phrase. Should we manage ourselves rather than manage time? Because time is what it is. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that I think when you, because I've made similar mistakes, Joe, and I'm, I'm sure many people are watching this, and it's easy to repeat those mistakes, isn't it? And again, that complacency kicks in and, and sort of you forget about it and you, you think, oh, I've got more time than I have. And it's like if you think to yourself, oh, yeah, I'm busy. I've got this work. I've, you know, I'm doing this. I've got these Zoom calls. I've got this meeting. I've got to pick the kids up, child mining, whatever. I've got this session to do. It should take an hour. Well, what does should really mean? Does that mean if everything works like, you know, clockwork and you're able to get out the door at the time that you want to get out the door and the traffic is as you hope it to be and the conditions and you feel as you hope, you know, everything is lined up the stars are aligned and we know on race day which is not the topic for today that the stars need to line up for you to align for you to achieve times but and goals but also in training as well and i think perhaps not over cooking the amount of time that you think that you have available um because things can get in the way it's like if you work you know you live 15 minutes from work. So the classic is you give yourself 15 minutes to get to work. Well, that's if there's no roadworks and the lights are green. And, you know, because if you do rush things, you're also, you're not in a right headspace, are you, Joe? You don't, you know, like punctuate. For, we've spoke about this before. Yeah. Right? And, and, punctuate and your, little... your day. You know, sorry, as you go from your day to the run, you kind of need that headspace, don't you, to get into the, yeah. into the zone. And I think to react, you know, like I say, actually... That 30 minute runs, I only needed 30 minutes to run, but actually what I probably needed was five minutes to walk around, maybe, you know, run for five minutes, then stop and do a few exercises and things like that and have the flexibility, you know, the time and the headspace to be able to do that thing, to adjust how I felt on the day. Because other days it might be fine, you know, you can get it done and dusted in 30 minutes. But there are some days when you set off and you think, oh, you know, I'm not quite, this is not quite flowing. I need to stop and just sort of reset or, or loosen something off and, and so, you know, if you don't have, if you don't give yourself a little bit of extra time, if we're always cramming it in, then you can't do that. Whereas if I thought to myself, right, I'll do a 20 minute run, but I'll take that extra 10 minutes to make sure it's a good quality run, then it just would have been a much better experience and a better run and probably achieve some more training aims as well. So, you know, I do, wherever possible, try and think, you know, add in this extra time, add in this extra 10 minutes you know, at just 10 minutes window to allow for something, like you say, something happening, something going wrong, something taking a bit longer than it might do or needing a bit more warm up, you know, all of those things, which, which actually are quite important to prevent the mistakes. It's a but, buffer, isn't it? Give yourself, give yourself yeah. that buffer, really. I mean, Richie is saying here, definitely guilty of rushing back in, you know, for sessions and things. And, and I do think it's, it's, it just doesn't feel good. Nobody enjoys rushing about, charging around and throwing your trainers on and getting out the door. And I think you definitely have a better run if you punctuate your day, as I mentioned earlier. So you go from whatever it is you're doing and you have a nice transition into the run, get in the right headspace, get your body in the right place. Some of the warm up and mobility you're talking about, Joe, you don't need to go mad. Just put a three 
to five minute brisk walk onto the start of your run at the moment. It's not cold out there, you know, so you, it's not like you need to be layering up just to get yourself in the right frame of mind and the physical space so that you have you have a good session. I think that's important. And something just on that as well, Joe, you know, we want to share these mistakes that we've made in training to help people and provoke their thinking. And hopefully you can make some changes in your own training to get more out of the sport. But I, I had a run earlier with Martina, who's working from home, studying from home today. And we were saying about she she's really got into stretching at the moment, like she has been for several weeks. And I forget the phrase she, that she used, but it's like she feels itchy if she doesn't stretch now. That's that's where she's at. She said this on the run. And I said, you know what, that's a fantastic place to be because that shows that you've got momentum and it's now an ingrained habit. It's a bit like brushing your teeth. You, I haven't brushed my teeth this morning. I haven't, you're aware of it because it's something that you do and it's ingrained. It's this, it's this behavior and this habit you've created. And I think if you can do a similar thing with the stuff around your run, such as the warm up, whether it's a brisk walk, whether it's a bit of mobility, stretching after whatever, I think it helps you to consider uh, organize your time better for a start, which is how this point started. But also it helps you to look at things outside of the running, which, which can ult ultimately help your running rather than think, oh, I've got five hours to commit to running each week. But what about all the other stuff? Getting ready and cooling yeah. down and, you know, so time. Yeah, very, very important that actually, Joe. Very important. So here's my here's my other one. Slightly controversial as pe a person that writes training plans for a living. <laughs> Sticking on. to the training plan. Oh, what a mistake that is. You mean you must know what I mean by that. <laughs> you mean sticking to it. Yeah, sticking to oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Being we a all slave think, to We the all plan. think it's a mistake, those people that don't stick to the plan. I think sometimes the worst thing you can do is stick to your plan. You've got that to be whole thing about being a coach and actually, yeah, appreciating that the plan is just a guide. It's not a rule book. And... You've got to, which kind of leads into that whole thing I said about rushing that session and should I have actually done it on that day? But just because it's on the plan doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah, you've got to be adaptable, haven't you? I think that's, that's really important. I, I, you know, I was thinking about these mistakes and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, you know, one of the mistakes I've made, I suppose more so in the early stages of training, which makes sense, doesn't it, is not... How can I phrase it? Focusing on kind of arbitrary facts or so supposed facts and numbers and arbitrary rules. So, for example, the 10 percent rule, you know, don't increase your training or your volume by more than 10 percent each week. OK, that's a fairly safe percentage, I think. But obviously some people can tolerate more. Some people may not be able to tolerate 10 percent each week if they're particularly injury prone. You know, and, and, and sometimes we do need to, to deviate and find what works for us as individuals, which links in nicely to what you're talking about, about the training plan. Oh, I've got this training plan and it's perfect. Well, is it perfect? And, you know, you, you need when do you need to adjust the plan? And you've got to listen to your body and, and really not be afraid to deviate because the problem comes when, you, as you say, right, that's, it's on the plan. So I've got to do that today. Yeah, but you didn't <laughs> sleep for three days and you think, crap. <laughs> You can barely walk because you've got a dicky knee. You're probably better off missing the session, to be fair. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You might want to rethink. Which, which leads nicely onto my other mistake, which I reckon a lot of people have made. Not stopping when it hurts. Oh. <laughs> and I don't mean hurts because it's getting a bit hard. I mean, really, ouchy, ouchy hurts. Because, you know, oh, well, it's only training, isn't it? And I'll, I'll have a rest day tomorrow. And... Um, you know, it's on the plan. 
It said eight just reps. Pushing. I've only done six. Doesn't matter that my leg's fallen off. <laughs> Got to be careful. You must you? have I, done that one. <laughs> yeah, I have. Of course, of course. And I've had a bit of a, a bit of a rule. I've, I have a bit of a rule now, and I try to sort of encourage this with, with my runners. If you feel, so if you pick up a niggle or an injury and, and then all of a sudden it goes away, I say all of a sudden, you know, you've done everything you need to do. You've been a smart cookie. The symptoms are, you know, subsided. You're feeling good. But it's the first day that you're feeling good. It's the first day you've stepped out of bed and you don't feel your Achilles. Don't then go and smash yourself up. Don't then go and pick the interval session that you missed from three weeks ago because you really want to do it because it's on your plan and think, right, now's the time. I always think it pays just to give yourself a couple of extra days. So be smart, be patient, live to fight another day. And it's, it's hard, isn't it, Joe, to be, to be patient and to be cautious when you're driven oh, yeah. and you, you've got a race, that countdown <laughs> ticking down towards your, you know, your event, all your training matters. You, you, being patient. I think, and really don't forget, you know, your Strava and your Garmin assessment of your fitness is berating you as well. I, <laughs> yeah, training, I know. Detraining. I'm, I get that all the watch. time. <laughs> I'm shout. I'm running along, shouting at my Garmin. I'm in base training. I'm focused on volume. I don't care about VO2 max right now. God damn it! Adam saying here, plans change. It's best to be 80% for the full plan uh, than 100% for two weeks and rubbish the rest of the plan. Consistency is king, as we always say. And and I think as well. Sorry, Joe. Just just on the whole plan thing. If you are following a plan, or even if you're working with a coach, our runners that that, that work with us, we don't give them. Uh, weeks and weeks of, of plans because things can change but view that relationship and view the relationship with a plan you might have pulled out of a book or offline as well this is a blueprint this is a bit of a guide this is a you know it's a foundation but I'm not expecting to tick every session off because the likelihood of you doing that um, I think is very very small and I think as well I, I say sometimes treat it like your sat nav okay so you start your journey and your sat nav says your journey will take 60 minutes along the A14 and then as you're going along, it says the A14, yeah, the quicker route is now available. You know, adapt. That's what your sat-nav does. That's what you should do. Does that make sense? No. Sorry. You, look, you did, got that look like I've gone mad. <laughs> did you just give a car analogy then? That's, I do the car <laughs> Well, analogy. a sat-nav. <laughs> Joe, I've got I didn't like to talk about engines or things like that. I just talked about going on a journey. <laughs> But, you know, you can deviate along the way when there's a good reason to do so. Then don't just because you've set off on this particular route, it doesn't mean you can't go on a deviation if there's a good reason to do it. I like to recall it. And going back to Adam's point, don't get into boom bust. You know, don't go boom. And then you are suddenly bust for a period of time. It's, it, it may feel less exciting and it might, you know, oh, it's patient and boring and building up and all the rest of it. But actually, consistency, absolutely. Just... Tick along. You will come out at a better place at the end of it. Do you know one of the common uh, things that I hear from the people that we have on the podcast, and I include you in this, Joe, because obviously you were a guest on the podcast, which is how we uh, we met. And talking about your days of competing, recently we had Helen Clitheroe on the show, your friend. We've had Laura Waitman recorded a call with her, who's coming up soon, 1,500-meter runner, recently smashed 5K. The point being... All these great. I thought you were just plugging for a minute. Yeah, what's yeah. the point? <laughs> all, all, all these great athletes that I speak to, the biggest thing that comes out of uh, from them, the biggest takeaway, is consistency. Is absolutely key. A lot of it isn't anything necessarily groundbreaking. We're all looking for that. What's the key session that's going to take me to this level? 
tell me what that interval session is or that hill repeat session. And it's just lots of very good quality running. A good quality running doesn't necessarily mean fast, but good quality running and training, consistent listening to the body, being able to adapt and follow the sat-nav, as Joe says. And I think that, to me, is real standout. From people that have achieved some absolutely amazing things that we can only dream of, let's use some of their principles because it definitely works. So, which leads me on to another point, actually. Training in spikes. Now, I say this, not many people train in spikes, but I'm relating this now to shoes. I'm, I'm talking about cars and now shoes. I don't know what's happened to me. I must have had some kind of brain transplant. It's the heat. So, <laughs> if you talk to Helen, you talk to Laura, and certainly I know myself, we never used to do all of your training in spikes because they are not... They are designed to be a racing shoe, a lightweight, fast racing shoe. And actually for a lot of your training, which also leads back to that whole avoiding the boom and bust and building consistency, you want to actually train in a shoe that's going to give you some stability and some protection so that you can actually do the training that you need to do. And what we often used to say was train heavy and then race light. So that transformation from training in, albeit it might be a relatively lighter trainer rather than your big kind of heavy stuff, for, for the fast sessions, but you would then go and when you put your spikes on to race on the track, you'd feel amazing because you had these super lightweight shoes, which brings me onto the whole thing around the vapor flies and, and come some of the super shoes. Don't fall into the trap of doing all your training in these shoes either, because again, they are designed to be super lightweight and to enable you to run fast. Now you want to run fast in your race. So you do need to break them in. You do need to make sure they're comfortable and they don't give you blisters. And you do need to have some, you know, have some familiarity in running with them. But if you do all of your training in this shoe, there's going to be a risk to that. And that risk is ultimately injury. And also you will lose that benefit, both psychological and, you know, I genuinely think physical benefit of, as well of swapping to this racing shoe to get your best performance from your race. So that would be my other thing as well. Think about what's the footwear that you're training in and don't, you know, it's lovely to smash out your fast times in training in, in your vapor flies, but maybe think about, is that something I need to save for, for some very select sessions and actually to deliver in the race itself? Well, you know me, John, I'm a big believer in variety in training in general, in all in all areas. And it's a bit of a standing joke with the amount of trainers I've got on rotation. I think I did post the other day on Instagram. Twenty one. Fourteen, I believe. Not quite. Oh, 14. Fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. I'm just I'm 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 obviously going through a down period at the moment. But I do think changing your shoes is is helpful, personally. I think not training the same shoe all the time and, and for the reasons you've mentioned as well, is very smart. I think running on road, off road hilly roots, flat roots, and at the right time in your training, listening to the body, you know, what did I do last week? Well, actually, I was off-road in my case. We hit black down. We did, I, I think, about 50 miles. It was seriously hilly, you know, some of it walking, some of it running, all that, climbing over stars. So this week, we're probably going to uh, do the complete opposite of that. I'm not saying you need to necessarily alternate each week, but I'm very mindful of what I've done previous, previously in terms of training, and I make those adjustments accordingly. I'm not always running on the tarmac. I mix it up with some grass running. I change shoes. So I think that is actually a really good point, and it can be something that can be applied to many different areas of training. Uh, and that's probably a mistake I've not made in the past of, of adding enough variety into my training. <laughs> to be honest. A mistake you have made or you haven't made. <laughs> sorry, did I say haven't made? A mistake I have made. Yeah, you definitely. said you hadn't. I was like, well, oh, sorry, no, I have. I have. <laughs> Jacob, the no mistakes. <laughs> I've made all the mistakes. I've made all the mistakes. Can I throw another one at you, Joe? Because I, I really Go on, then. Get, I want to get this off my chest. Um, Come on. Admit so, to it. It's okay. I, 
yeah, a mistake I've made more than once is I've been so focused on choosing a target time to a, a time to target in a race, but I've not spent a great deal of time thinking about whether it is the right time for me to attempt that. And I mean, in terms yeah. of what else I've got going off in my life, where am I in my own headspace? And for those of me that, that for those of you rather that follow me a lot, you'll probably know that one of the events I'm referring to is Manchester 2019, where I didn't finish it. Training was relatively good, but I was fighting it all the time. I wasn't in the right space, but I wanted that time. And yes, I did want the target time, but actually was it the right time to target that? In hindsight, to use that word again, Joe, no, it wasn't. And I would have been much, it would have been, of course I learned from that experience and I'm sharing it now. But I think I would have been much better saying, okay, that's cool, Jake. You want to target our time? Great. Is now the right time? You're moving, you're focusing on building your coaching business, you, you know, various things. No, it isn't. Okay, cool. Well, let's shelve that. Doesn't mean you don't want to target it. Doesn't mean you won't have the chance in the future and you can make baby steps now, but don't, you know, go all out for it. And, and that's one example of, of, ta of a time when I haven't considered the time to train if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and what else you've got going off, you know? You, I know you think like this when you speak to your runners as well, Joe, rather than just picking up the phone, yeah, let's chat, you want some coaching, great. What do you want to target? You want to target London, what's your time? Great, okay, hang on, stop. Where are you in life at the moment? What's going on? What, what's your day-to-day -day like? Where do you live? What, we've got any holidays coming up? You know, all that kind of stuff that enables you to shape the goal. And you don't have to work with a coach to, to know that, but just ask yourself those, ask yourselves uh, those questions I think can really help you. And if the time isn't right, be brave enough to say, it's not for now. I'm going to shelve that, but I've got my eye on it. And I think that is definitely a mistake I've made. And I'm going to try not to make it again. <laughs> We're going to try not to make any of these mistakes again. I mean, we did say, we started off by saying it wasn't a short list. I think there's a lot of things, but mm. I think, you know, the common theme is think about what you're doing, you know, see how it fits into the big, I think see the bigger picture is, is really a lot of it, isn't it? You know, don't do too much of everything. Don't, you know, don't rush things, make sure you warm up properly, make sure you have variety in everything that you do, be realistic. Um, and just, you know, learn from those mistakes, isn't it? Hopefully, mm. most of the time, the mistakes we make don't have any serious consequences. And it's just, you know, a small setback from which we can hopefully learn and, and take bigger steps forwards. But um, yeah, and hopefully, just, just just finishing on a, on, a, on a positive there, I guess, Joe, this is what you're alluding to, is, is if you make the mistake, you can learn from it. You know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You, you, you don't want to, obviously, in all seriousness, keep repeating history and making the same mistake because then there is no learning. It's not really a valuable experience, is it? But if you have made a mistake and you've learned from it and you're applying that to your own training to help you move forward and perhaps helping other people around you as well, your fellow club mates, you, you know, your fellow friends that run, then fantastic, which is what we're trying to do now, kind of share some of our mistakes. And even if it just one or two points resonate with you and you kind of think, do you know what, I get that, that's a mistake I've made, maybe I need to adjust one or two things. Then we've obviously done a good job there, Joe. So good Absolutely. stuff, good stuff. And I think Brilliant. at some point we're going to speak about mistakes we've made in races, aren't we? In the next oh, future. we are. Oh, that's going to be a really painful one. I've got to, I've got to psych myself up for that one. <laughs> we might need tissues. I mean, it's only running, but you know. Oh. <laughs> Brace yourselves, folks. We'll let you know when that one's coming. Um, always, you can catch up on the podcast, Running With Jake, the podcast. Please follow Running With Jake. Follow me if you don't already. 
And uh, you can obviously catch up on my Insta page and we'll be on Jake's page next week talking about something, but not yet mistakes about running. I think we need to, you know, <laughs> we need to dwell on the mistakes that we've made, but hopefully we've given you some food for thought as always to start your weekend. Um, it's supposed to be a really lovely, bright, sunny one. So go out and have some really good running and enjoy some mistake-free, wonderful, uplifting running. Thank you ever so much, guys. I will speak to you soon. Bye. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Joe. Bye. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.